0: Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic, my friends. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 85. We're going to do the Tuesday readings of Lent. Tuesday readings of Lent. So um, before we begin, please subscribe and share if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job. It'll be a great help. So uh, let's begin with the uh, prayer of the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen Kiri eleison Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Christe eleison Christe eleison Christe eleison Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Kyrie eleison Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Christ have mercy Christ have mercy Christ have mercy Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Okay, so let's ask for the saints to intercede for us. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Guardian of Families and Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Peter the Apostle, pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray for us. St. John the Apostle, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. St. Athanasius, pray for us. St. Ambrose, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. St. Jerome, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us and defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so now we're moving into uh, Tuesday, and fourth week of Lent. And the entrance antiphon for this, for this Tuesday is from Isaiah 55, verse 1. All who are thirsty, come to the waters, says the Lord. Though you, though you have no money, come and drink with joy. All who are thirsty, come to the waters, says the Lord. Though you have no money, come and drink with joy. Okay, so let's begin with the gospel, uh, with the first reading. Okay, so um, there's a typo in my missile. It says Exodus, not ex, uh, it, uh, Ezekiel. It's very interesting. I checked it out it is, the readings from the, the, the chapters is from Ezekiel. It's mistakenly Exodus. It says EX instead of EZ. So it's Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 1 to 9 and it goes from 9 to 12. Alright, so uh, and the quote here is, I saw water flowing from the temple and all who were touched by it were saved. It says Roman Missal. Anyway, it's reading from the book of the prophet ezekiel chapter 47 1 to 9 9 to 12 the angel brought me ezekiel back to the entrance of the temple of the lord and i saw water flowing out from beneath the threshold of the temple toward the east for the facade of the temple was toward the east the water flowed down from the right side of the temple south of the altar He led me outside by the north gate and around to the outer gate facing the east. When I saw water trickling down from the right side, then when he had walked off to the east with a measuring cord in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and had me wade through the water, which was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand, and once more he had me wade through the water, which was now knee-deep. Again he measured off a a thousand and had me wade. The water was up to my waist. Once more he measured off a thousand, but there was now a river, through which I could not wade, for the water had risen so high it had become a river that could not be crossed except by swimming. He asked me, "'Have you seen this Son of Man?' "'Then he brought me to the bank of the river "'where he had me sit. "'Along the bank of the river I saw "'very many trees on both sides. "'He said to me, "'This water flows into the eastern district "'down upon the Araba and empties into the sea, "'the salt waters which it makes fresh. "'Wherever the river flows,' Every sort of living creature which can multiply shall live, and there shall be abundant fish. For wherever this water comes, the sea shall be made fresh. Along both banks of the river, fruit trees of every kind shall grow. Their leaves shall not fade, nor their fruit fail. Every month they shall bear fruit, fruit for they shall be watered by the flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit shall serve for food, And their leaves for medicine. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. All right, it's um, Psalm 46, and the response is The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever present help in distress. Therefore, we fear not, though the earth be shaken and mountains plunge into the depths of the sea. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. There is a stream whose whose run gladdens the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is in its midst. It shall not be disturbed. God will help it at the break of dawn. The Lord of Hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of uh, the God of Jacob. The Lord of Hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. The Lord of Hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Come, behold the deeds of the Lord, the astounding things he has brought on earth. The Lord of Hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Okay. Um, what we noticed is it mentions uh, this, um, this water that's coming from the right side of the temple. And remember what happened on uh, the day of the crucifixion when our Lord expired. Uh, the Roman soldier, uh, tradition later on would refer to him as Lanzanus, took the spear and pierced the side of our Lord. And blood and water came flowing out. Um, and remember that this is also. Uh, calling back to Adam. Who God put a deep sleep. On him. And took one of his ribs from the right side. And formed the bride. His bride. The woman. To be called Eve. And this is important because this is. The church is the, the new bride. The new Eve. Um, and. And. The water, blood, and water, is 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 the two river, uh, the rivers, the rivers that come uh, from from Eden. If you go back and read the book of Genesis, you will notice these rivers that, that flow from the side, from the right side, I think, of Eden. So it, Jesus Himself is, uh, is the door to paradise. Jesus is the the uh, the door Himself to the to the new garden that's why if you notice like in the church when they decorate the altar around the tabernacle you always notice that there's flowers and in the older catholic churches in the older catholic churches the altar is always designed the sanctuary is always designed with flowers um in my church regina patchy uh basilica you notice right before you enter uh, right before the, the the altar, there's this beautiful design. It shows a rainbow above it, nothing to do with gay rights or anything like that is a call back to the flood of Noah where God made his covenant. That's why you see a rainbow right above, but it's not the, it's not necessarily about a rainbow. He uses the word bow and he and the word bow in the book of Genesis is referred to the warrior's bow. Where God rested his warrior's bow against, uh, he will not lift up his his warrior arm against the world because of the sin of the world. Then you notice, uh, also there are two trees, which is called back to Genesis. And then you will also notice there's a lot of symbolism to uh, the Tower of David, I've read is also um, the door to heaven, the way the door. that's also all the symbolism in the Bible that referred to Christ and salvation is all there. And um, the above the sanctuary is uh, what looks like um, originally traditionally is bedposts because it's, it's the, it, Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. It's all there, symbolism of it. And there's also you see a symbol of rivers, there's also the olive tree, there's also the date tree. It's all there which is symbols of of everything, typological symbols referring to salvation. You just have to know it. You just have to be able to read the scriptures and a good translation of the Bible. A truth is every Catholic should be able to read these symbolism because not every translation is the same, and you should be able to read it. This is should be part of your faith journey, part of your, your language, your biblical language. And every Catholic can do it. You just have to put a little bit time. That's all. If you, if you can make any effort for all the things that you can do and you do in your life, even effort to make time to go to sports game or a car or a poker game or anything else, even your kids, um, school night parent teachers night you could add 15 minutes even less time just to be familiar even on your way to work you can listen to the to to the language even to the bible being read to you on audible it's it's not impossible you have all the tools right there you know it's every, you know even i i have to, once in a while i mean i like to listen to the news but you know honestly even i can get tired of the news I'd like to listen to things about the faith. I'm listening right now to, to reading the Bible in a year. I'm listening because I want to learn how to improve my, uh, my, my spiritual readings. I want to be able to improve my faith and I can do the podcast better. I'm using, I'm using all kinds of tools myself. I'm trying everything. Some things work, some things don't work. You know, I listen to it. I listen to Taylor Marshall. I listen to Doctor uh, Mike Schmidt on uh, on reading the Bible th- in a year. And I think it's great. It's you can get it on Audible, and I'm listening to the Bible being read to me. And I'm, you know, and I'm trying to read the Catechism. Um, I really want to be able to be able to improve myself, and I and I want to be able to communicate to people. My channel's not big, but the few people that are listening to it. I mean, I I look. Um, the next day it's like 22 plays. So there are people out there listening and I hope I can help them. Sometimes some people communicate better than others. People. I'm not perfect. I'm not father. Mike Schmidt. I'm not Dr. Taylor Marshall. I'm not, um, Scott Hahn, but I think maybe, you know, I can contribute something and I hope so. All right, let's go on to, um, the gospel. Okay, so the verse before the gospel is Psalm 51. A clean a clean heart create for me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation. A clean heart create for me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation. The gospel reading is uh, the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter... 5, verse 1 to 16. Okay. There was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there, there is in Jerusalem at the sheep gate, a pool called in Hebrew Bethsaida with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm on my way, someone else gets down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat, and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. He answered them, The man who made me well told me to take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who told you to take up and walk? The man who was healed did not know who it was for Jesus has slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, look, you are well, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore the Jews began to persecute Jesus Because he did this on the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's uh, read it one more time. There is a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate, a pool called in Hebrew Bethsaida. With five porticos, in these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him, laying there, and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, "Do you want to do you want to be well?" The sick man answered him, "Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up." While I'm on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man became well and took up his mat and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. He answered him, The man who made me well told me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man? Who told you to take up your mat and walk. The man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away. Since there was a crowd there, after that, after this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, Look, you are well. Do not sit and, do not sin anymore, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told Jesus, told the Jews that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on the Sabbath. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm going to read you the Douay-Rheims version of that same event because that verse, for some reason, I don't know why scholars remove it. I don't think they should, even though they say that someone might have uh, later on written in what was going on in the water. Why, uh, what, what does it mean by troubled waters? So, this is John chapter 5. I'm going to read you that past uh, the passage. After these things, after these things, uh, was a festival day of the Jews, it doesn't tell us what festival it was, it might have been something right after Pentecost. After these things, was a festival day of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there was at Jerusalem a pond called provatica, which is Bethsaida, which in Hebrew is named Bethsaida, having five porticoes. In these lay a great multitude of sick, of blind, of lame, of withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. An angel of the Lord descended at certain times into the pond, and the water was moved. And he that went down first into the pond after the motion of the water was made whole of whatever infirmity he lay under. And there was a certain man there that had been 8 and 30 years under his infirmity. 38 years. Him, when Jesus had seen laying and knew that he had been Now a long uh, uh, had been a long time. He saith to him, will thou be made whole? The infirm man answered him, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pond for while, whilst I am coming another goeth down before me. Jesus saith to him, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and walked, and it was the Sabbath that day. The Jews therefore said to him that was healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for thee to take up thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole has said to me, Take up thy bed and walk. They asked him therefore, Who is the man? Who is that man who said to thee, Take up thy bed and walk? But he who was healed knew not who it was, for Jesus went aside from the multitude standing in the place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and saith to him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest some worse thing happen to thee. The man went his way, and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him whole. Therefore they did the Jews persecute Jesus, because he did these things on the Sabbath. Okay, gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So it was obviously kind of like a Lord's uh, that spot because people people obviously waited for the moving of the waters because it was believed that an angel of the Lord went down and troubled the waters, and therefore whoever steps into the water first gets healed, kind of like a race. It probably looked extremely I bet you fights broke out. <laughs> I bet you really fights broke out. You probably saw a lot of fighting break out in that area. People started like slugging each other. and You see all these handicapped people waving their, their, their walking sticks and their, their, uh, um, whatever you want, their crutches and they're slugging it out. Probably is a lot of, a lot of fighting going on there. Um, five porticles, now, because there's five protocols, those are those actually, the number would have to point to the five laws of the five books of Moses, which is uh, you know, the healing. These are the miracles that happened under the law. So there were miracles. There were a lot, there were places where people believed, and obviously there must have been some kind of miracles because people keep going there. And so something happens, he, uh, healing does take place. Uh, but Jesus comes along. And then on the Sabbath, the important thing was not so much. It's not saying that there is no miracles. There was obviously something happened. People go there and there's obviously healing. So we're not going to deny that, you know, especially if people keep showing up. So it, maybe it doesn't always happen to every single person, but here Jesus meets the man and the man is very sincere. He wants to be healed. He wants to be cured of of whatever it is made him unable to walk. And he heals him on the Sabbath. That's the big issue. He heals him on the Sabbath. And these Pharisees who uh, nickel and dime every rule, remember, they control... When it first to the Jews, it's this is nothing anti-Semitic. Okay. There is a big Scott Hahn, I know, explained that the word probably what would referring to the Jews, and Jesus even uses the term Jews. He's referring to Judeans because the word Jew was not for everybody. The the what what it became known as Jews is something that after the destruction of the temple or everybody started all the Romans referred to everybody as Judeans now not everybody saw themselves as a Judean a Judean is from the tribe of Judah Mm -hmm. alright and every Judean is an Israelite but not every Israelite is a Judean it's just it, it, you know some people come from Manasseh, some people come from Ephraim, some people come from other tribes. They don't, not all of them refer to themselves as Jews. They refer to, they were referred to as Jews outside of, of, uh, of, of the Holy Land because everybody classified them. you know how we all refer to, I guess you can say the way we, we think of every um, everybody we say everybody's from Asia. Right? Technically, some people when they say Asian, they think of people who look who who we classify and stereotype look Asian. Like we refer to Koreans and Chinese and Vietnamese and people from Thailand as Asian. And technically they're because they're of the continent of Asia. And then um, and some people may not even think of people from India as Asian but they are they're from the continent of Asia like for example um, my family is from the Middle East the Middle East actually is classified under Asia because it's the word Asia me um, can also mean east or the word orient the word oriental one time was used people for some reason get offended by the term oriental it technically means the east the east it's the word, the, you know, it doesn't. It's not a stereotype, but people, for some reason today, take it as a stereotype. Lo and behold, that's the that's uh, that's the, that's the uh, overly sensitive left for you. I'm not offended by it, but that's how you know. No, that's how people think these days. They 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 you know. People love to make, I guess, a business of being offended. But that's the whole term. But anyway. um The word Jews, when you hear the word Jews in there, it's referring to those within Jerusalem, those who are Judean, of Judah. And I don't think they're necessarily, they're not necessarily referring to them that they're all of the tribe of Judah. They mean the inhabitants of Judah. They mean the people who live within the walls of Jerusalem. The walls there. That's why Jesus says that. Whenever you hear the term "Jews" in John's Gospel, he's using a local dialect, a way of speaking and 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 identifying. He's speaking as someone of the land, of the culture, and he's using the 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 grammar and the the language and the the slang of 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 the culture. That's why when when you hear later on. You hear them like saying, uh, when Jesus says he wants to go back to Jerusalem, the apostles say, but the Jews were about to kill you. Remember, the apostles themselves are Jews. They are of the religion of Israel. But they're, they're using the language that they're familiar with of referring to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, uh, those particular inhabitants. It's a—you know It's a local dialect. You know often like you know how sometimes we hear african-americans use the n-word among each other i know i have i hear it at work i see it in movies i've seen it i've hear it on the on the subway okay this is how they talk among themselves you never hear anybody challenging them about it but no one would no one who is white would even dare use the n-word you know as talking to them i've heard hispanics use it with with african americans i've heard african americans use it with themselves for some reason they can talk that way with each other that's the way they they use a language they, they they refer to each other it's not correct you could say but it seems to be they're comfortable using it among themselves i'm not saying that this is a derogatory but this is how they're referring to the inhabitants of the district, those who hold the position. Now the miracle itself was obviously to cause Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was using it as an occasion to disrupt, to cause them to use an argument. He he he's using it to prove the miracle was meant to provoke. It, It was meant to heal the man to give him benefits to to, Jesus. And this is an interesting thing. Jesus sees him in the temple courtyard in the area when he was praying and Jesus tells him, you see, you're healed. Make sure you don't sin again or a worse ailment will fall upon you. So Jesus, Jesus is actually from Jesus own words. He's acknowledging that it was the man's sins that caused that got him into that horrible situation where he can't walk. So Jesus says to him. Make sure you don't sin anymore or else a worse ailment will fall upon you. So the man obviously got himself in that situation by offending God. By offending God and therefore because he, he sinned and that got him in that bad situation. So we can see what's going on here is that it was his sins that got him that way. So sins can cause ailments on people. Okay. Let's be honest. Okay. If you practice an immoral lifestyle, we know we've had, we've had syphilis people who catch sexually transmitted diseases for practicing immoral lifestyles. That's not a secret. So obviously It's because of their immoral lifestyle. They contracted sexually transmitted diseases. All right. We know we've gone through the AIDS pandemic. Not everybody, of course, is responsible for getting AIDS because it could be from a blood transfusion. But let's face it. There are people who practice immoral lifestyles. Okay. And there are other forms like people who uh, take drugs. They take some serious bad drugs and it destroys their teeth, their health, alcoholism, people who, who, who go into alcoholism have kidney and liver problems. We you know we you know why do we pretend? Why do we pretend? Why do we why do we don't want to say anything? But we know that there are certain ways of certain lifestyles that cause people. I know. We all know if you have a bad diet, some people it's then because of your diabetes. All right. You know, health problems from overweightness, gluttony. We don't like to talk about these things, but let's face it. It's obvious that certain practices, sinful behavior can cause health problems it's obvious okay i mean come on i mean it's it's not a secret it's not a secret but the problem is we don't like to talk about it today because you're going to offend somebody well maybe some offense can be good if we like learn you know you know learn to face up to our society like for some reason doesn't like you know likes to manipulate conversations and doesn't like to point out to faults but we have to learn to face up to our sins face up to our lifestyle that we live. I know I have to. All right. So, um, enough. We'll go, let's go say the, our father, hail Mary and St. Michael in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'll be back with Wednesday's readings. God bless.